have a lot of actual basketball to get to today on the John Krasinski Show, but I want to start with Dave Benz. Um, you know, I, I, I was frankly shocked that the uh, that he was a let go, and I've talked to a bunch of people in our business and some of his coworkers uh, the last 72 hours or so, and they were shocked that he was let go, and they said it's really kind of terrible timing for him and his, his life. Uh, John, you know Dave a lot better than I do. You probably know the situation a lot better than I do. What the heck happened? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a, a at, at least a surprise, if not a complete shock to many of us, even those who have been around the organization and really kind of immersed in the whole situation. You know, you know, Dave Benz has you know, been there for he, he was there, I would say, for 10 years with Bally Sports, with the Timberwolves. He had become quite a well thought of and well regarded play by play guy around the league. If you listen to the people who really kind of delve into the league pass and are watching games from all over the league on a regular basis and get to know some of the the announcers, you know, inside and out, the Zach Lowe's from ESPN, Ryan Rosillo from The Ringer, um, you know, Kevin O'Connor, like a, a lot of these guys um, who really do kind of just absorb so many different broadcasts and so many different games and can tell who is good and who's not have really had a lot of, a lot of really good things to say about Dave Benz. I thought he was a really good play by play guy myself. Absolutely. Um, you know, you, you just listen to him and Jim Pete. I think they had a very good chemistry together. Uh, it just seemed to really work very well, but I do think that, you know, this was a sign of maybe the Timberwolves starting to, step into a different kind of direction with you know Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez who are um around now and 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 kind of are taking a an active role in a lot of the decision making process with uh just the way that the Timberwolves see themselves as sort of kind of a team on the rise and 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 coming up and maybe opening themselves up to newer and bigger audiences going forward. I think that they looked at it as, you know, they want to go out and make some kind of a dynamic hire in in that spot. And so, um, you know, they're forever and ever um, with this organization. There would be points where it's like, look, Dave is really good. We, we, we really, really think highly of him. He does a great job with Jim Pete. That's good enough. We're going to keep going forward that way. Um they, in their eyes, I think with combination of Bally Sports and the Timberwolves looked at this and said, maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to do something different, uh, to do something better. I think that the uh, shoes are big to fill, but it does just show that there's a kind of a different mentality that's starting to creep into this organization. And I feel bad for Dave. Uh, he's a He's a friend of mine. I count him as a friend. I know that, you know, we we did a piece at The Athletic last week. When he first w got the news, he was completely devastated and heartbroken by it. And so I feel really awful for him, um, for a guy who's done a really good job in that in that uh, spot for a long time. And I, I guess it just is a sign of, like, the changing way that, that the Timberwolves and that Bally are going to be operating going forward here. Yeah, Dave and I are not friends, but I just – I don't know. I, I – when you when you fire somebody, you dramatically alter their life, and to me, you just have to have a really good reason for doing so. And I don't see a really good reason for doing so, um, you know. But hey, if the Wolves want to move forward, I think 
for six hundred million dollars or so, they can get Tom Brady. <laughs> That's right. He, he's a, he he could be available because I think he could do both. I mean, he's already inked he the contract for with Fox Tom for after he retires, for which sake. could yeah. I mean, and it's like five years away from from getting into the booth right i mean he's still gonna play for another four or five years i would imagine so he would have plenty of time to negotiate another deal with bally um to to empty the pocketbooks and have him be a play-by-play guy here he's versatile i think he could do it for sure and on a slightly less facetious note uh i don't know if i'm joking or not but i'm not sure that a rod and jim peter are going to have the same uh chemistry that Ben's and Jim Pete did. <laughs> well, hey, uh, yeah, that's this. This will be like, like you said, on on a non facetious note. Um, yeah, A Rod's not going to step in, but I I would assume that A Rod is going to have a say in who fills that spot. Um, I would assume that Mark Laurie would. I would assume that uh, Glenn Taylor would. That uh, that that a lot of people are going to have you know, kind of their fingerprints on what's going to happen here. And, and so it will be interesting to see where they go. Uh, you know, a lot of people have brought up, Hey, is Marnie Gellner going to be, um, a candidate? Uh, I think she's terrific. Uh, she could be, she, she's an in-house candidate. Sloan Martin is, uh, Matthew Collar's wife and, and, and Sloan has done great work for us at the athletic has done unbelievable work for WCCO and, and a lot of play-by-play work as well. She would be a great uh, option locally, but will they go local here? Will they go? Um, will they expand it nationally and maybe tap into Alex Rodriguez's contacts with ESPN or or with others and try and get you know some kind of a bigger name uh, to to bring in in that spot? That's going to be uh, you know kind of an interesting thing to see what they do. I mean, um, you know, one one that I was interesting that I was looking at Jim was like. Uh, you know, the Sacramento Kings hired Mark Jones from ESPN to do a lot of their games. And Mark is terrific. And he had done a lot of national NBA telecasts and things. And so he brings certainly a different feel to Sacramento Kings games when he came on board. Would the the Wolves look to do something like that with someone established with Turner, with ESPN? I don't know. I'm not sure what the answer is. But I would think that if you are going to move on from someone who is a proven commodity like Dave Benz, I think that they're probably looking to make a big splash and we'll have to see like kind of what constitutes a big splash in their eyes. Um, and you know, and, and who would, who would that be? That's, it's going to be fun to watch. I didn't really plan on this being a long segment, but I actually have more things I want to talk about. Yeah, let's do it. We will, we'll we'll get to actual basketball. I do want to reintroduce the show. This is the John Krasinski show. Part of the TalkNorth.com podcast network. Uh, he's John Krasinski from The Athletic. Uh, I am Jim Suhan from The Star Tribune. Our producer is Brandon Morton. Uh, we recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app to listen to this show or the network. It's free. It's easy. You can always find the shows in the archives at TalkNorth.com. Thanks to, to Head Flyer Brewing, TSR Injury Law, Memorial Blood Center, Manscaped, and All Energy Solar. And uh, thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. Uh, we've added Dave Lee, the w, former WCCO star, to our, our stable, along with Mike Grimm doing the Go Gopher podcast. Uh, I, I should say that phrase that differently. Dave Lee's doing his own show. Mike Grimm's doing his own show. Uh, good additions to the network. Please check out their shows as well. Uh, so I would say if they're going to go hire a white male, that Kevin Harlan is the only person I would go, okay, well, mm. that makes sense. Uh, if you're, if now, if, 
you're looking to, you know, to create some diversity, uh, to, you know, kind of stand behind what Mark Laurie says his standards are, uh, then I think Marnie would be great. I think Sloan Martin would be great. Um, you know, I, have listened to Marnie a lot, of course, and I've known her for a long time. I think she'd be great. Sloan Martin, I know is very good. I haven't heard her as often as I've heard Marnie, but she's very good at what she does. Uh, so yeah, there's some, there are some intriguing possibilities out there. Yeah, there are. And, and I mean, you know, there's all sorts of different ways you could go super established. You could try to go for, I, you know, I think Harlan is probably out of their, uh, yeah. league and I don't, I don't think he's, but like someone of that ilk, you know, of the Mark Jones level type of, a uh, of a situation, you could try to go that way. You could try and find a young and dynamic one as some, uh, someone that who is uh, an, on the rise, you know, like just for instance, like a Zora Stevenson in in Milwaukee, who does some Bucks play by play stuff and has done other kind of sideline reporting and and and, and other analysis there for Bally in in Wisconsin. She's a you know a young woman who is uh, I think a an exciting up and coming talent. I mean, there's a million of those of of people around the the country that way that they could go kind of combing for and and do that way. Or yeah, they could try and take a big swing and try and get, you know, someone that is really well established, someone who really has a, um, a real kind of following a real audience, all of these things. And, and so that I, I think there's a, di- a bunch of different ways you could go, but given kind of how they are operating right now, it just really does seem like, um, they would probably lean towards someone well-known or or established like that. That seems to be kind of the mantra of this new energy that is in the Timberwolves that, that Rodriguez and Loria brought. And so um, that's going to be the, just, you know, how, how aggressive they get in that regard is, is going to be something to watch for. And, you know, is it doable? Is it gettable to get someone to Minneapolis to to cover to to sit with this team and and ride and ride this wave with them? I mean, I do think that from that aspect of it, that is one thing to really look at in terms of um, their ability to attract some talent is that they probably have a team that will that some people will look at more favorably upon of wanting to be a part of this and and take a look at it and so um from those aspects i think they have some real exciting you know selling points but um you know it it will be interesting just to see how they use this as as a kind of window into maybe how some other decisions are going to be made in this organization and I've been here long enough now. That's what, 32 plus years I've lived here. I've been here long enough to have become provincial. So my provincial self would say, hey, hire Marty. She's great at it. Yeah. She's incredibly popular. She she gets along great with Jim Pete. She knows the team. She knows the sport. She'd be fantastic. Um, I will also say, though, <clears throat> to be fair, you know, I probably looked at the Twins' last radio hire uh, in a fairly provincial way, they hired Corey Provis, who I'd never heard of before, and he's he's fantastic. So he's really good. There are yeah. there there are plenty of paths to take here to end up with a very good broadcast team, for sure. And and here's the here's the one thing that that is also um, really interesting, Jim. Is remember you know, when Dave Benz came to the Twin Cities, he was an unknown here. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of people who were upset that Tom Hanneman had been moved out of that chair. 
and had kind of changed roles at Fox Sports at the time at FSN. And here's this outsider. No one really knew about him. What what is this guy? He man, he uses a lot of stats in his um in his broadcasts. And he's kind of, you know, this is this isn't really working. This is not Hanny. This isn't what we want. This is terrible. Well, as the years went on, it um it it, it really kind of evolved. And I think Dave won over a lot of the audience so much so that when we reported the story that he was leaving last week, I mean, I've never seen Twitter agree to such an extent on anything as as the, as it did collectively that they were very upset that Dave Benz was being let go. Um, and so uh, the, the, the strides that Dave made in his time here, he deserves a lot of credit for. The way that he was connecting with the audience, he deserves a lot of credit for. Uh, and he really did, I think, do a good job of engaging people and and trying to be a part of this thing and 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 figure out, you know, the Minnesota fan and the Timberwolves fan and all of those things. Um, and so by the time he left, there's a there's a petition being circulated to get Bally to change their mind and all of these things. And and so he left as a very popular figure, even if he didn't come in that way. And that maybe that'll be the case again with a replacement, whoever it is. I mean, I think Marnie, for one, would, if she was, she's a well-known commodity. She is a, she is a, a well-respected figure here. So that would be an easy sell. Um, I think fans would, would, would look at that and say, okay, I know Marnie. I'm comfortable with Marnie. I know she's really good. I know she does a lot of work and, and this will be fine. Um, and I'll be okay with it. If it's someone from outside, you know, beyond Kevin Harlan or someone, I think there will be a lot of skepticism that is met with with uh, with whoever arrives, and it'll probably take some time to break down some of these provincial walls and 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 try and earn some of that respect the way that Dave Benz did. So that'll be a whole process uh, that is looking into things. Uh, you know that 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 is part of this, um, and so. Um, it's just that's going to be kind of the life cycle of a play-by-play person because they are with fans night in and night out 80 80 nights a year or more and there there really becomes an either attachment or maybe on the other side of it just you know a, a, a disenfranchisement with someone like that who's just in your living room with you all the time so um i th- I, I would imagine there will be a visceral reaction no matter who is hired and it probably, you know, outside of maybe Marnie and maybe Sloan, just who's not as well known in the market, but certainly has done good things here. Um, but outside of that, there will probably be some skepticism and some some doubts about it. Uh, but, um, you know, that that's that's how it goes. The one thing I will say before we close the topic here, Jim, is I was really disappointed in Bally at, you know, for, you know, not issuing any kind of statement about Dave Benz mm-hmm. and you can think whatever you want about him. Maybe, maybe you, you don't like Dave Benz. Maybe you do like Dave Benz, but the Timberwolves at least did him the courtesy and the dignity of giving him a thank you for your 10 years. Um, we wish you nothing but the best. It's been great memories. Da, 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 da. Um, Bally, I was told just said, we don't comment on personnel matters. And for a guy who has been there for 10 years, and who has put blood, sweat, and tears into that. And again, no matter what you think of Dave Benz, he put his whole life into that thing. And he really tried hard to be good at it. And so to not even offer any kind of comment 
um, on the way out the door, uh, I thought was a really bad look. And um, hopefully, you know, the next time around, they can figure out how to do something better. But Dave, Dave Benz deserved better from than what Bally gave him uh, in that exit. They won't figure out how to do it better. Uh, this is right. who they are. I, I'll give you my my ballot. My well, well, it was called something different when I was working there, Fox Sports North, whatever. Um, and listen, I'm I was not a big part of things over there. I was a bit player. I was happy to be a bit player. Um, and it got to a point where I was working kind of long shifts because I'd go do baseball analysis with them. And you know, you get there early in the afternoon to start breaking things down. By the time the night's over, with you've spent you know six, seven, eight hours, and you've been on and you you know, didn't even contribute that much it, and, it, and it didn't pay very well. So, so at a certain point, um, you know, it got to be a hassle. I didn't like the particular producer I was working with. I finally just, so, so I had lots of friends over there. They used me for a lot of different stuff. Uh, I enjoyed the actual work. I didn't enjoy the schedule I, and they didn't, they didn't pay anything in my, in my particular case. So I was kind of happy to move on. But when I did move on, I basically told them, Hey, uh, you keep screwing up my schedule. Uh, this is just not going to work out. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm done. And nobody in man, nobody from, from FSN slash Bally ever said a word to me. They didn't sure. say, well, thanks for working for it. Okay. Or, you know, screw you. You know, you had a good deal here. I mean, they didn't say a word. They never said a word. And again, I, I'm not, Dave Benz is a big part of what they did over there. I was a tiny, tiny part of what I what they did over there, but I did have a lot of friends and I worked well with a lot of people over there. They never even, nobody even acknowledged that I had left. Yeah. And like, I, you know, I don't know how different it is now with Bally versus FSN. I know a lot of the same people are kind of, you know, there and I, and I like a lot of them, you know, I, I like Trevor Fleck a lot. Trevor's I like, great. Uh, you know, I, I like, you know, I lo- obviously love Marnie, Jim Pete, Katie Storm, yep. all, all those people. Like, so I, I, I have a lot of respect for all the work that they do. Um, it's just like, yeah, it just, I remember like, you know, just getting, you know, trying to reach out to people and say, Hey, do you have any comment for, you know, for Dave Benz for leaving? And no, we don't, we don't comment on, on, on personnel matters. And it's just like, really? Like this guy's been here for 10 years. Like there's literally a revolt that is happening on Twitter right now. Like you're getting hammered on social media and, they don't care. and, and, and there's none of that. So I don't know. It just like, it, it really just like, it made me have scratch my head for sure. The people who actually do the work over there, uh, mm-hmm. there are a lot of really good people. The person I did not, you know, the person I basically prompted me to say, okay, th- I don't need to do this anymore. Isn't with them anymore. Uh, Trevor Fleck, all the other people who, who actually put the shows out are excellent. Uh, they have a lot of really good people. Uh, and they work really hard, but you get up to the management level and they're just robots. They're drones. <laughs> yeah. It's too bad. It's too bad. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to some actual basketball. Uh, we do want to thank Head for Liar Brewing, uh, proud sponsor of the John Krasinski show. That's right, Jim. So Head Flyer Brewing, um, they've, uh, my wife and I, as I've been saying for, for a long time here, have been going to Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis on Hennepin Avenue, close to the 35W North um, for years and they have great beer selection. Uh, I love the, uh, it was all a dream IPA. I love the, uh, the wicked jump shot. I love, and we, we recently, this just during the twins, uh, Timberwolves playoff run kind of collaborated on a very cool beer called crunch time. It's sort of like a, a blue moon style summer kind of ale that, uh, that you can just sit outside on a patio. Now that the, the weather is finally warming up, and you can have a couple of them, and it's refreshing and nice and easy to hang out 
uh, with your friends, you know, at their tap room. You can bring it home with you in a growler. Um, all sorts of great options at Headflyer Brewing. They have a couple of new beers coming out in the tap room and in cans coming up. It's a though. There's a Hawaiian Sophie, which is a pineapple pale ale loaded with 200 pounds of pineapple puree and a tropical hop combo of Brew One and Sultana. There's an Easy Does It Hazy IPA featuring the OG hop combo of Citra and Mosaic. Easy is double dry hopped and rolls in at 6.4% ABV. And even with the Wolves out, Headflyer is still in the playoffs. They have some wild games on. They're going to show other NBA playoff games on the big screen there. Stop in, post up at the bar, watch on the new bar TVs that they've put in, have yourself a beer, get some cool swag, tell them the John Krasinski show sent you, have a crunch time, and maybe I'll see everyone there here um, eventually now that I've kind of come out of the season feeling a little bit better after having a little sickliness too. And so stop by Headflyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis on Hennepin Avenue, Northeast, right near 35W. Great beers, great merchandise, great times to hang out. And by the way, John's playing hurt today. If John if John wore a twins uniform, they'd shut you down, man. They'd just send you to Hawaii <laughs> for like a month. Uh, right. you're, you're playing. That, that doesn't you're, sound like much, a bad idea, actually. Well, no, it's actually a good deal, especially if you get paid like a major leaguer. Hey, thanks also <laughs> our friends at TSR Injury Law, 612 TSR Time. We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR Injury Law help me if I'm hit by a driver with no insurance? Yes. How about if not enough insurance? Yep. If you've been injured, it's TSR Time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. So should we be expecting some kind of an announcement that the Wolves are extending their general manager or or, or uh, anybody else in the front office at this point? Well, it, it, that's an interesting situation, um, Jim, because, you know, obviously right before the playoffs began, they signed Chris Finch to a contract extension and really made it clear that Chris Finch is our head coach. We want him to be here for a long time. This is what uh, what we're going to do going forward. Here's some stability. Chris Finch is here. He's not going anywhere. Uh, they also said when Sachin Gupta was kind of elevated to lead decision maker, um, uh, when Gerson Rosas was fired right before the season, that, look, we're going to evaluate Sachin over the course of the season and we'll make our decision after the season is over. We have not heard anything definitive about Sachin Gupta's uh, job status. Uh, what I hear internally is that they are very high on Sachin Gupta, that they're continuing to kind of evaluate everything, go over everything, uh, that they want Sachin Gupta to be a part of this, you know, franchise for a long time. Uh, what, but what I, what has not been made clear by anybody yet is what kind of role he will have. Is he going to be the number one guy? Is he going to be the guy who makes all of the decisions, who is leading the front office, who is hiring staffers and, and parting ways with staffers, who is, uh, who's making, you know, the big calls on trades and, and drafts and all that thing, all that stuff. Or are they going to possibly bring in someone over the top of Sachin Gupta as a kind of more experienced president of basketball operations to, to run the show and be kind of the figurehead and be, be the, the main leader while also retaining Sachin um, in, in kind of that more kind of number two role that he had under Gerson Rosas before Rosas was fired. Uh, that's all up in the air. So Jim, we have not heard anything definitive about that. And I know that people around the league are watching it closely. Certainly we are watching it closely. 
trying to kind of figure out if there's going to be any movement there or not. And, um, and I think that, you know, it's going to be, uh, a, a big indicator of, again, like we talked about with Dave Ben's, like, is, is this a regime that is going to be kind of comfortable and, and want stability and continuity and valuing that? Or are they going to be kind of looking for a bigger name, um, a, a, a splashier hire, a, someone maybe with a little bit more experience in the number one role? And what they do there, I think, will be pretty indicative of, you know, how quickly Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez are making their presence felt in this organization and how aggressively they are going to be in terms of addressing this stuff. So we're still waiting word. Uh, I don't know one way or the other what it's going to be, but it is definitely still the major thing that is kind of hanging out there um, waiting to be addressed by this organization. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure I, I know enough about it to understand the timing. Sounds like even people who are closer to it than me don't really understand the timing, but, but I also don't want to overreact. I mean, they, they could extend him tomorrow and then we would sure. waste a lot of angst here. So we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep monitoring that. Let's, let's get into Yeah. Some- I do think before we start before, just one yeah. more thing, Jim, on that, just, just on that point, I do think that just because we have not heard anything yet does not necessarily mean that it's not such in Gupta's job or that he's not eventually going to be the guy. Um, they could be, you know, with Glenn Taylor and Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez, kind of three very strong voices now in the decision making process. I do think that they that it, it it is reasonable to assume that they're having a lot of conversations about this, that they're doing some due diligence, that they're looking around and and and, and trying to figure out what the right thing to do is. Um, but that could mean that yeah, they're going to look outside the organization. They they're going to go and and try and find someone to come in um, in a in a in a bigger role, or it could mean that they ultimately decide, you know what. We've done all our due diligence. We've looked at everything. We've we've considered all our options, and Sachin Gupta is the one. And so I do think that is still absolutely on the table, um, and that's a it's a very real possibility. We just have not heard one way or the other on what that's going to be yet. Right, exactly. All right, let's get to Tyus Jones and some actual basketball. Uh, we do want to let you know that as we head into the spring, finally, and we get to the summer building and remodeling season, uh, you want to consider – solar solar as a home improvement project and of course if you're building you want to consider solar if you're building as well uh here's some facts consider most home improvement projects don't pay for themselves until the property is sold solar pays back regardless of property sale most systems are warranted for 25 to 30 years after 30 years of operation solar could have paid back 300 to 400 percent of the cost and of course it's great for our environment uh, this is where we all need to be headed so go to allenergysolar.com and check out your many options at this point okay well let's, let's talk about tyus jones uh you know his record in the regular season the grizzlies were 20 and 5 when he played and john morant was out that was a better winning percentage than he, they even had when john morant's in and nobody's saying it's been, not because john morant isn't great uh, to throw a triple negative at you. John Morant is great, but Tyus Jones is just a really efficient player who plays well when given the opportunity. He played well the other night against Golden State, even though they lost. Uh, what are you watching for when you watch Tyus? Are you thinking this could be a potential Timberwolves signing, or is there any chance of him coming back? And did the, the Timberwolves make a mistake letting him go in the first place? Well, I, I would say this, Jim. Um... To Tyus Jones's credit and to his agent, Kevin Bradbury's credit, 
Uh, the, the Timberwolves, when he when when Tyus left for Memphis, he was a restricted free agent. Restricted free agents rarely get offer sheets that are of the level that force a team to say, uh, that's a little too much for us. We're not going to do it. It all it, it it very rarely happens. You're talking like maybe once a year, you know, if that the in, in the entirety of free agency, how this goes. And so the Timberwolves went into negotiations with Tyus Jones, kind of expecting to get him maybe a little bit more on a cut rate deal. They thought that they had him sort of over a barrel with restricted free agency. Gersten Rosas has had let's let's face it, has had some real successes. Um, in negotiating uh, free agent contracts with Jordan McLaughlin, with Jared Vanderbilt, with others in terms of getting team-friendly uh, deals done with, because the the Wolves had the leverage and the uh, the player didn't have as much leverage. So back then, Gerson Rosas was basically saying, hey, if you can find a better deal than what we're offering you, be my guest, go ahead. Um, but we don't think you're going to be able to get it. They went out and got it from Memphis. It was a really strong deal for a player of Tyus's stature at that time to get a three-year, twenty-seven million dollar deal, um, and and to go be the backup point guard in Memphis. And and so he left. And um, honestly, like in the first couple of years of that deal, he played well. Uh, he w- was never turning the ball over as usual, great assist numbers, but it wasn't, I don't think to the level of making the wolves say, Ooh, you know, did we really do something that we shouldn't have by letting him go? Should we have matched that offer and kept him this season to his credit has been sort of a breakthrough year for him. Um, he has done just a phenomenal job of quarterbacking this Grizzlies team. And I think describing him as a quarterback is the perfect word. He just has control of the whole thing. And the, the thing about Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies in general is when John Morant has gone out, they play. Tyus is completely different from John Morant. Just light years different in terms of style of play jaw is dynamic and explosive and dunks on you and 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 is just physically sort of this overpowering specimen um tyus is cerebral and he is uh undersized and he is you know tough and clutch and smart and all of those things he's much more intangible but yet he has found a way to assimilate into that team so that they keep humming even when he when John Moran is out. I think what was it like 21 and 4 or 20 and 3, something like that, in games that John Morant missed in the regular season. Then Tyus Jones steps in when John Morant was out the other night and has the Grizzlies right in it all the way to the end. I think he played 39 minutes or something in that game and was just so important to to keeping them in it the whole way through. Um, so what Tyus has done now, long story short, is he has positioned himself incredibly well to cash in on the open market when he hits free agency this summer. Um, whether it is as a starting point guard, uh, somebody who comes in and absolutely is the man and runs the show, or as one who can be viewed now less as just a quality backup point guard and more as a high caliber rotation player that should demand well into 
you know, the, the, the double figures of millions of dollars per season. Um, so he's positioned himself really well. Will he come back to the Timberwolves? I doubt it. I mean, they have right now, they have D'Angelo Russell and Patrick Beverly. I suppose they could trade D'Angelo Russell and, and maybe open up a need for a point guard. But again, I don't think that they will have the, the cap space really to go and get someone like Tyus Jones with that. So, um, I don't think here is on the radar as much, but I do think that whether it's Detroit, whether it's, uh, Indiana, whether it's, you know, um, New York, there's a, a, a ton of places that could really use someone of his caliber and will pay really good money to get him. And I think he's going to get a very good contract this summer because he absolutely deserves it. He's went out and earned it with the way that he has kind of helped the Grizzlies weather the storm with John Moran out. We'll talk more about D'Lo uh, scenarios in the coming weeks. For today, let's wrap this up uh, talking about just the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, what more do we know about them now than we knew a couple of weeks ago? Should the Wolves feel like they got beat by a great team or a team that they could have beaten? Uh, let's get into that. But once again, thank you to Head Flyer Brewing. TSR Injury Law, and All Energy Solar. And thanks again to our producer, Brandon Morton. So, so if you're a Timberwolves fan, do you feel better or worse about that series loss after watching them play against the Warriors? Yeah, I, I hate to straddle the fence here, but I think it's both because I still do think that when you look at that six-game series and how many times the Wolves had these guys on the ropes, you should the fans should be frustrated by that. Um, they should say like, man... The, the Grizzlies off the hook. That is understandable with a young team and their first real go through this playoff kind of experience and and all of that. But at the same time, it doesn't make it easier to stomach sometimes. It's just like, gosh, you know, they had double digit leads in all of these games. They could have won five times in that series and they just kept on letting them off the hook. Where the Warriors have taken a 3 1 lead is they have not let the, the, the Grizzlies off the hook. They have pushed them all the way to the end. They have not committed fatal errors down the stretch the way the Wolves did over and over. So from that aspect of it, the Timberwolves fans should be a little disheartened because it's just like, gosh, this team was beatable and, and they had them right where they wanted them multiple times. And, and it just, they just couldn't close it where I do think Wolves fans should be encouraged. And Pat Beverly has kind of hilariously pointed this out a couple of times on Twitter, but the Wolves made it much harder on John Morant and Jaron Jackson for much of this series, for their series, than the Warriors had for their turn with Memphis. When Ja was healthy, he was getting what he wanted against the Warriors. And um, they were defending him in a different way than the Wolves did. And you're seeing a 47-point night. You're seeing him get to the rim at will and all of these things. Ja did those things in the fourth quarters of a lot of games against the Wolves. But in general, he really had a hard time in, in a bunch of those games with the way that the Wolves were defending him and making it hard on him and getting the ball out of his hands. Same with Jaron Jackson. Jaron Jackson had a terrible series against the Wolves, and the Wolves deserve credit for that. Like, they... For the, the way they got in his head, the way they made it hard on him um, was at a different level than what the Warriors have been able to do, which to come full circle now, you would have liked to have seen Carl Anthony Towns go against the Warriors who are so small up front, even though Draymond mm -hmm. Green is terrific. 
I just think like that's a not a bad matchup. Now, maybe they would have lost the shooting matchup with the Splash Brothers and with Jordan Poole, and, and it wouldn't have mattered. But there would have been some intrigue in a Wolves-Warriors matchup just because I think Towns could have gone off. Um, and so that'll be, you know, kind of the great unknown. But I think just in the way that the Wolves pushed the Grizzlies, the way that they that they made them work, um, you know, there there's some things that they can take into this summer and then into next season feeling good about that they can be that can be built. Good stuff from John. Thank you to Brandon. Thank you to everyone who listens to talkorth.com. Mm-hmm.